Good morning, good evening, good afternoon. Welcome to another edition of the DFS Dreamers here on the Fantasy Impact Today Network. I did that, Pierre. I don't know. I took a little podcasting classes while we had a little break time in between the last time we did Network. So I did that. I got a little deep voice. I touched. I touched. There's your, there's your Barry White. I'll be the Jalil White. You can be the Barry White. <laughs> I don't know if I'm quite Barry White or not. That I, Last night, though, I've, I've been a little sick. I've had a little sinus stuff, all those things. Just seasons changing and and it gets too cold it gets too dry and i always forget to pull out the humidifiers in time but then when my nose starts getting all weird and then i start walking around with a real deep voice like this my daughter's like oh boy listen to you aren't you just the professional (laughs) podcaster you know that's the 13 year old daughter right and i'm walking around i'm going oh maybe i do need to keep this voice for the podcast maybe that will sound a lot better than you know me talking really loud and excited and get all like that like i do whatever i do a podcast you got to be careful. I have to give me love advice or something. You start talking like that. <laughs> uh, no, li- li- no, no, listen. Hey, no. All right. So, hey, uh, this, you got me flustered now, Pierre. I can't. I'm trying to say the proper things. I'm not trying to say the wrong things because I got a lot of wrong things in my brain. I, I'll just be honest with you. I got a lot of long, wrong things in my brain. And when you don't hear me say the wrong things, I, it's because I got a good filter. I've developed a good filter over the years. But you are listening to the DFS Dreamers here. Uh, of course, I'm talking to Pierre, my main guy here on the DFS Dreamers. That always helps me walk through this DraftKings lineups. And he is at Wee 31 on Twitter. I am Wes Easley. You can find me on Twitter at Loafinit. And don't forget to follow the show at FI Today with a little underscore over there. That's where you can find all the podcasts on the Fit Network and all the hosts and everything right under the bio. Make sure you follow each and every one of them. Pierre, we had a good week last week again. I, I keep I keep getting better and better. And I actually had somebody tell me, hey, man, you know, you keep talking about doing these dime lineups, these quarter lineups. You need to play in a little bit higher cash pool. And yeah. I said, ah, yeah, you know, I, yeah, I hear what you're saying and all. I, I just, I don't know. I like hanging down there at the bottom. And he said, no, because you're, you're not winning as much as you should. You should win more because the higher cash pool, even if it's a dollar, three dollars, five dollars, whatever it is, it, it narrows the field down more because everybody's down there taking a bunch of weird shots at that dime and quarter level. Was that guy right, or am I? Is he just way off base? So he's he's kind of right, um, for sure. For one, those pools are a lot bigger. Um, there's a lot more entries in those, so it's really hard to kind of get your bang for your buck unless you finish up towards that top, you know, 10% um, within those lineups. Whereas if you're, I I try to target personally. I like the the smaller entries, so about two, three hundred or less, and then some of the higher entry fees because for one, I don't have to beat that many people, but I'm also still working on my bankroll. Because it doesn't take me that much if I, you know, beat half of that group. Um, let's say if it's a 50-50, I'm doubling my money. If I'm, if I'm in a tournament and uh, I'm getting in that top 10%, I may not win the, the million dollars or 100K, uh, but I could win like a 60 or 70 and really just build my bankroll in case I do want to take a shot on one of those bigger tournaments. I've had people approach me too and say, hey, man, I tried DraftKings out and uh, yeah, I won that very first week. somebody else tells me I won that very first week, somebody else. And I'm going, okay, that first week, I wonder if DraftKings isn't just setting people up, you know, to automatically win. And then they start (laughs) losing after that, you know, just to keep pouring money into the machine kind of a thing. Well, I think it helps uh, when you're first beginning because you don't really know what to expect. And a lot of times people get in their own way. Like you you start to overthink things or or think you're, you're kind of on top of your game 
playing sneaky plays or those bottom of the barrel plays, whereas your first week, you're just playing guys, you know, guys you think are in good spots. You're not really thinking about it. Um, then once you get a taste, you start diving in a little bit more. And sometimes that, that kind of backfires on you and you're overthinking a bit. Boy, do you think, you know, because we're both Cubs fans, do you think uh, Joe Madden ever wins at DraftKings? I mean, <laughs> probably not. Probably not. Speaking of Cubs, Kyle Schwarber, that, that uh-huh. hurt. That hurts. So I'm an IU guy. Obviously, I went to Indiana University. Uh, he went to Indiana University. was the fourth overall pick. Uh, so it's really hard to see them not non-tender him. I get it. He he really struggled at the plate outside of power. Um, but what he did in that World Series to come back from that ACL and the defender that he came to be out out, out in the outfield, it was really tough for me to to see them not bring him back personally. Sorry to yeah. sidetrack. No, no, I I mentioned it too to my one of my big text groups that I have, and I mentioned the very thing. And what I said was, we that's the Cubs window. The Cubs window has officially closed, in my opinion. Not only did they change, you know, Theo Epstein's position and all, but uh, also getting rid of Kyle Schwarber. Just it just looks like the time to move on is there. So we may see another little area of trading, high trading volume here of the Cubs trying to get rid of pieces to rebuild again. Um, I don't know that if we're exactly in that spot, but it sure does feel like that window starting to close a little bit faster. It's possible. I know they, they tenured Contreras, they can, you know, Baez, KB, you know, Chris Bryant, they also tender. They can always trade those guys away, but obviously Schwarber was just really close to, to my heart. So that, that hurt, but we'll see. Uh, that window did close pretty quickly. You know, we were all on cloud nine <laughs> back in 2016, a really good group, really good core. And they just really didn't, improve from there which I, I really was shocked by i thought they would develop uh, kind of into just a, a dynasty type of team and it really just didn't happen it was a good run for the playoffs so speaking of playoffs this is coming up on people's regular season playoffs so we're going to try i'm going to try to mix some of that in uh when you think about start sit questions and all that mm-hmm. you can kind of get those feelings for that throughout this whole DraftKings uh look into the the main slate here that we have on sunday afternoon for them and of course we finally have Patrick Mahomes sitting at quarterback for us, Pierre, at the top of the slate of the Patrick of the of the quarterbacks. He is only at eighty one hundred, though, which surprised me a little bit when I first saw this, because out of the, all the players that are priced high, Dalvin Cook, of course, remains at ninety four hundred. Devontae Adams is at ninety three hundred. McCaffrey is at ninety two hundred. And then Patrick Mahomes, a quarterback, comes in here at eighty one hundred against the Miami Dolphins. And maybe that's a little bit of a reason why. But he's right there at the top of the board. I want to say till Kyler Murray at 7,200, Pierre. And I think my main question to you is this. Can Mahomes pay off that $8,100 price range when we talk about our three times value here on the DFS streamers, what we're looking for? So that means he's got to get eh, 24-ish, maybe a little bit higher. Oh, absolutely. Um, He's done that the majority of the season. Uh, He's probably the best quarterback in the NFL, for being honest. I know Miami's had a really good run from a defensive standpoint, but you're looking at 80-degree weather uh, down in South Beach. I'm sure he'll be ready to roll. So I really like Mahomes. 8,100 is really kind of too, too cheap for him. When you look at his ceiling, you know, he can get you, you know, 40 if necessary. He's gotten 30 on, you know, what, four or five occasions already this season as well. And you're saying that we only need 24. Uh, so I definitely think he can be in play. He could probably easily get there uh, with the volume that they pass the ball for one. Um, and then you won't have any weather impacts there in, in Miami either. 
You've, he's scored 25 DraftKings points, four out of the last five weeks, 30 DraftKings points, three out of the last five weeks, and 35 DraftKings points, two out of the last five weeks, Pierre. So he definitely has a high ceiling. That 8,100 just does seem like a pretty cheap price. But let me ask you this question. Out of these top five or six people here, I, don't, I didn't do the math here, uh, Mahomes, Wilson, Watson, Rogers, Murray, uh, let me ask you this. Would you rather have Watson or Murray? I'd rather have Watson. Uh, Murray just hasn't looked right since his uh, shoulder injury uh, with the AC that he has going on there. Uh, you look basically three weeks in a row, he's been 20 or below. Um, he needs 21 to hit that three-time salary. Uh, we just saw what the Giants defense did on the road um, to Russell Wilson to kind of limit him, and he was perfectly healthy. Uh, so I could definitely see them keeping Murray in check, whereas Watson, you know, I do like the Bears defense, but, you know, they just gave up uh, their own share of points. Uh, last week. So he, I think he can play Watson. Uh, I know he doesn't have the DeAndre Hopkins uh, that Murray has now, but I still think he's the, the better play given his health, uh, the situation, and the fact that I feel like the Giants defense um, is really up there. They're, they're a really good defense. I know the Bears are too, uh, but I'd take Watson based off the shoulder injury for, for Murray. No, I've been saying it for a couple of different weeks here on the network that uh, Deshaun Watts or the Chicago Bears, that defense has just been rolling over and playing dead lately. And I, I keep saying that because that's what you're supposed to do when a bear rolls up on you. But the Bears are actually doing it de- differently on the defensive side of the board. They've let everybody score against them recently. All right. So would you rather have Deshaun Watson or Russell Wilson? I'd probably go with Russ uh, this week against the Jets. Uh, we just saw what, what David Carr did. Um, against them. Uh, you got to keep in mind that Greg Williams was fired, uh, their defensive coordinator. Uh, so sometimes teams can, you know, kind of start playing a little better or play tougher for their, their new coach. Uh, but this isn't the actual coach. Somehow Gase is still hanging on to his job by whatever threads he has left. Uh, but I think Russell is due for a bounce back. They kind of got embarrassed in that Giants game. Uh, so I'd take Russell Wilson over to Sean Watson against the Jet. Do you think Russell Wilson could pay off that price point? He can. Um, he hasn't uh, recently, but again, it's the Jets. Uh, they're kind of a good right, uh, get right type of spot. Uh, I still think they're, they're tanking for Trevor Lawrence, regardless of the, the scapegoat that they try to make Grant Williams out to be. Um, and Seattle's kind of been faltering. They lost to the Giants. They're they're in the heat of the, the playoff race themselves. So they need a win. And I think that, that Russ could definitely get to that 24 himself after really four weeks in a row of lackluster performance. All right, so Russell, uh, you said that Deshaun Watson. Let me backtrack for a second. Do you think mm-hmm. he could pay off, pay off that seventy six hundred price point? Yes or no? Yes. Okay. All right. All right. Uh, Murray. Yes or no? No. Seventy. Okay. Seventy two hundred. So no. On. All right. Would you rather have Wilson or Rogers? Yes. <laughs> both of them, huh? You think yeah, I like them both. I like them both. Uh, I probably prefer Rogers. He's he's playing, you know, indoors. Uh, against the Lions, he he tends to torch them himself. Uh, he's a little four hundred dollars saving in salary as well. Uh, so I probably prefer Rodgers just the way he's playing. Uh, but I like them both. Rodgers or Mahomes? Mahomes. Really? Okay. Yeah. So and and that's a six hundred dollars price savings right there that you could have when you choose that one. Um, I, I can understand why against Miami. Miami's got a tough defense though. But Rand Rogers is going against the Detroit Lions, and I, I, granted, 
they I don't know if they played a little bit better against Mitch Trubisky and the Bears. Mitch only had, I think, less than 20 fantasy points last week, just a hair under that. Had that fumble, which cost him late in the game and so forth. And I know Aaron Rodgers is leagues, light years beyond what Mitch Trubisky is as far as a quarterback goes. But you would rather spend that uh, spend that money on Mahomes? You think that he'll be able to pay that off a lot better? Yeah, because he doesn't really have the running attack um, that Rodgers has with Aaron Jones, uh, for one, who's in a really great matchup, plus Jamal Williams. I know Elair had a, a pretty good start to the season, but he's kind of, you know, coming off his own little injury that he's been dealing with, and they're kind of incorporating Le'Veon Bell. Uh, so the Chiefs just really have to pass the ball, I feel, a little more, uh, whereas Rodgers can kind of depend on the running game if necessary. Uh, you look at this matchup, uh, even back in week two, uh, Rodgers only had 19 because Aaron Jones uh, went nuts for like a 40-burger. Uh, so you got to keep that in mind when you're picking between those also. All right. Very good advice. All right. Tom Brady starts us off next at 6,900. And I'm going to take us down all the way to Derek Carr at 6,000. We have Drew Brees in this group. Brees is at 6,100. There are reports that he is throwing. Uh, The Saints uh, don't have any need, in my opinion, to rush him back from this list. They may want to save him for the playoff experience that he has a little bit if they even want to play him anymore this season. I, I, I don't know. If what your thoughts are on Taysom Hill, Pierre, but he sure does look like he's playing pretty well with that quarterback, and he's adding a completely different dimension to the New Orleans Saints that they just don't have with Drew Brees. Yeah, he's playing well. Um, I'm still on the fence uh, with Taysom Hill just because you look at his matchups. You got Atlanta twice, so his his two uh, 200-plus yard throwing games were against the Falcons, um, who are one of the, the worst uh, secondaries when it comes to pass defense. Um, and then you had the Broncos in that unique situation where they didn't have a quarterback at all, um, where he really didn't have to throw. Um, he's used his legs. Um, but that's what the, the trick is. He, he's capable of running them in for touchdowns. Um, it has rushing upside as well as passing. Um, so it's really tough uh, when it comes to really deciphering who Taysom Hill is. I think the Eagles defense could be the, the best test so far. Um, for one, they're, they're going to have a quarterback, um, unlike the Broncos, but also their, their secondary um, even though Darius Slay's been getting abused, uh, is a little better, I feel, than the Falcons. So uh, you look at that and look at the outdoors uh, situation in this game as well. Uh, we'll see kind of what, what happens with the Eagles. They'll be a little hyped up because of the hurt situation now. So I think this will be the game to kind of put uh, a good glance on what Taysom Hill actually is. I wonder what the role is for Taysom Hill and Drew Brees going forward because Sean Payton has typically, I don't want to say split, but, you know, Taysom Hill would get that uh, I don't want. I don't even want to say a series. You know, he he mm-hmm. used to get a snap or two at a time, right? I mean, a snap or two at a time, and Drew Brees would go line up at wide receiver or completely run off the field. Now I wonder what, since Taysom Hill's got a little more experience under his belt, I wonder what Sean Payton's going to do with this shiny new toy of Taysom Hill doing so well back there. I wonder if we're going to see entire series go to Taysom Hill. I I just I, I wonder how this is going to diverse into the rest of the season and how they're going to play this and how Sean Payton's going to play this because we know Sean Payton is one of those guys that likes to outthink the room sometimes. He is, but I'm not sure it'll change. Um, you had a similar situation. I know it wasn't the rushing upside of Hill, but Teddy Bridgewater, you know, came in and, you know, went undefeated last year uh, when Breeze was out as well. And, and once Breeze was back healthy, you know, he went right back to the bench. Uh, so I would assume that would be the, the case. You really don't want to mess around with quarterbacks either when it comes to rotations because they're they're rhythm type guys and they need to have a rhythm, you know, out on the field. So I think that they'll just go back to, to normal where Taysom Hill's more of a, a gadget 
uh, type of player. Um, I guess that's something we'll have to wait and find out, but I'm expecting that to kind of be similar to the Bridgewater situation last year. I, w- I, w- I really wonder if Taysom Hill won't come in to be a game closer. Okay, and that's and I say that because if you think back to some of the playoff losses and different things like that that the New Orleans Saints have have mm-hmm. uh, gone through, if if they just had situations right, and it, it being unpredictable back there at quarterback with Taysom Hill doing the handoff, now I'm starting to outthink the room. Okay, I'm, I'm moving on. Never mind, forget <laughs> it. I'm moving on. It was a good thought. I'm moving on. I'm not even going to talk about. It. All right, biggest booms or busts here in this in this little category between Brady and Derek Carr. Give me your biggest boom uh in this in this little grouping. Who you think will pay off the most? I think it's going to be uh, Justin Herbert. Uh, he's coming off of a, a poor game against New England. Uh he gets the Falcon secondary to kind of right the ship here. I feel like some people may be off of him uh because of the the recent game he had against New England where they got skunked uh 45 nothing. Uh he still has the upside here airing the ball out. Uh, he has Eckler back now, and he still has Keenan Allen, Mike Williams. So I think Herbert has the, the biggest boom and upside out of this this category. Yeah, that that was really close for me between him and Kirk Cousins because Kirk Cousins has just been balling out so much, and I know he's got that Tampa Bay defense, uh, but they're also going against that Tampa Bay offense. So it makes mm-hmm. me think that they're going to have to throw the ball a lot. And I was just thinking it might be Kirk Cousins, and then I saw Herbert sitting there against Atlanta. I was like, oh, boy, I don't know which one to choose. So. <laughs> And don't discount Tannehill. Um, I know Derrick Henry kind of let a lot of folks down last week, but when that happens, when Henry is kind of shut down, uh, it really forces Tannehill to, to throw the ball, and he's capable of doing so. Um, so I wouldn't discount him against the Jaguars either, but I still think Herbert um, is the biggest boom. And Brady is kind of going to go under the radar as well. You're looking at a 51 and a half total uh, for the Bucks um, against the, the Vikings, whose secondary hasn't been great really outside of their safety, Harrison Smith from Notre Dame. Uh, so don't discount Brady either. Uh, coming off a bye, uh, coming off losses. Uh, he could definitely have a, a fire lit or him also, but I'm still taking Herbert out of this group. And who do you think is going to be the biggest bust out of this group? Biggest bust, I'm going to say, is actually going to be Kirk Cousins. I expect him to kind of come back to earth. Uh, other than that, it would probably be Carr. Um, he had a big game against the Jets. I like the Colts defense as well. So between Cousins and Carr, uh, but I'd probably go Cousins. I just expect him to to not have the days that he's been having with with Thielen and, and Jefferson out there. All right. Next grouping is Philip Rivers starts us out at 5,900, your guy. And we'll go past right. my guy and we'll go all the way down to Andy Dalton at 5,500. Pierre, give me two guys right here that's going to pay three times the value for us. I'm going to go my guy, Philip Rivers. Um, I like him uh, out there in Las Vegas against the Raiders. Uh, looking really good, uh, even with the turf toe injury that he's battling. Uh, so I really like him. Uh, I'll probably go with Stafford as the other one. I'm leaning uh, Ryan a little bit, but he hasn't looked great over weeks. And I feel like Stafford's got a little bit of momentum after the the big game against the Bears. Uh, They got a big divisional matchup against the Packers. uh, Really high over under in this game as well. I believe it's the highest on the slate right now at 55. Uh, So Matt Stafford and Phillip Rivers would be my two picks in this price range. Really? I can't believe you're discounting Mitch Trubisky at this place. Well, guess, <laughs> no, I'm serious. Against Houston, he's at 5,600, Pierre. I almost pencil Mitch in for 20 points every single game that he plays. And, and that may be in my head things that are going wrong in my brain. But, I mean, Mitch Trubisky against the uh, Houston Texans and both of these defenses don't mm-hmm. seem to be stopping anybody right now. It's true, but he had a really good matchup last week against Detroit. Um, only got to 14 uh, part of that is because of, you know, Montgomery and, and uh, Patterson running in uh, three touchdowns amongst themselves. But the Texans really struggle against the run also. 
they gave up a touchdown to uh, you know, Taylor. They gave up a running touchdown to Hines. Uh, so similar situation where they struggle on the ground. Uh, so you, you could see the fancy points coming from the running backs there in Chicago uh, versus Trubisky. And I can't believe you didn't mention Andy Dalton either in a revenge game against Cincinnati. He's only at 5,500. That cat's been throwing the ball all over the place. I don't know how he's doing tonight. We are recording this on Tuesday night. Maybe he is throwing it all over the place in Baltimore as well, but it's to the Ravens. <laughs> yeah, I like the revenge spot. Um, again, I can only pick two. It's supposed to be pretty cold there um, in Cincinnati. They should probably control this game. I believe Brandon Allen's questionable himself, uh, which means they could have to turn to Ryan Finley. Uh, they, they they should be able to depend on Zeke, I feel, um, in this game also. So not big on Dalton. Uh, he has a cheap price tag, and he definitely has the receivers uh, to be dangerous in a revenge-type spot. Um, but I'd still rather pay up for, for Rivers um, or go up uh, the, to Stafford in these, this price range when it comes to this group. This next grouping, and, and I'm just going to take it from here all the way the rest, uh, all the way down to the rest of the spots, mm-hmm. is that Tua, who starts at 5,400. And, and I'm just going to be honest with you. There's a bunch of starters in here, uh, uh, priced with all the different backups, Pierre. And this looks like a sweet spot for me for quarterback. I felt like a kid in a candy store when I was looking at this little <laughs> section right here. Uh, you know, just, just, just give me the entire place, Pierre. Just give me them all. Give me every single one of them. I, I mean, we're talking about uh, well, outside of two. I don't like two all that much. <laughs> happened to the entire place, Wes? What just happened? Okay, Alex Smith either. I, I don't like Alex Smith. After that, though, after the really cheap prices, I really like him. Like Mike Glennon, man. He's mm-hmm. at 5,100, Pierre. He's going against the Titans, who couldn't even stop Baker Mayfield. Uh, that that should be able. He should be able to get to 15 points easily. He scored 18 or 20 that first week, 18 the second week. Do you like Mike Glennon in this spot? Yeah, yeah, I like Glennon. Um, he's definitely been solid. I mean, I know they're not winning games, but you know they were, you know, in overtime uh, when it came to the the Vikings game and had a chance to win that one. They were close um, with the Browns the week before, so he's keeping them, you know, in the game and he's kind of spreading the ball out um, as well when it comes to the receivers there. So I don't mind him at fifty one hundred against that Titans secondary. Uh, Darnold, I mean, you got to look at him as well. Um, it's scary because it's the Jets. Uh, but he just put up, you know, 23 points uh, against the Raiders last week, uh, threw for two touchdowns, both the Crowder and then rushed for one himself. Uh, you're looking at Seattle where they they probably are going to be playing catch up. Um, so you have to assume that they're going to be throwing the ball there as well. So uh, 32nd rank, 31st rank secondary there with Seattle, who's looked better um, on defense um, in recent weeks. So keep that in mind. But, you know, Sam Darnold, top pick. Uh, really trying to show up something before Trevor Lawrence comes to town. So sure. you could definitely consider him at 5,100. Then I think uh, the hurt situation is going to be one to really, to really watch and pay attention to. I do like the Saints defense. They're playing tons better than what they were playing earlier in the year. But Hurts does give you that rushing upside. Um, he brought a little spark, you know, against Green Bay in that last game and the, the little time that he got there um, in the second half. So, you definitely can look at him for sure. Good price range. The rushing upside is what makes him really intriguing. Uh, I'm not sure I'm going to play him, but uh, he's definitely of interest. Oh, he is. And uh, he had 10 DK points just in that second half. He has been named the starter, I believe, in Philadelphia already. So I could see him getting to that 15 point price range that we really like. I'm just not sure that you could build a stack with him. You'd have to play Jalen Hurts naked. 
I'm not sure if I'm to that point of my love infatuation with Jalen Hurts, to be honest with you. All right. Uh, and also, I look at Drew Glocky down here at 5,100. I know he hasn't played that well, and I know he's young, and I know he's a rookie and all that stuff. I'm not that impressed by Carolina's defense. They mm-hmm. might get CMC back this week, and, and that could just – we know how many points they score whenever they have CMC. We know how fast-paced that game gets. And Drew Locke can go off for 30 at any point, and this just feels like a Drew Locke week to me. I could be completely wrong. It's tough. I, they, don't, they don't really throw the ball as much as I like from a, a quarterback position. Uh, they're often, you know, depending on Gordon and, and Philip Lindsay there. Uh, so it's really tough when you don't get that that passing volume that you like. Um, if they get behind, uh, then that game script's going to fit Drew Locke a, a little bit more. Um, that could be the case, obviously, against Carolina with them getting CMC back. Uh, it's just something that's hard to risk um, at 5,100. But the bright side when, when it comes to, to quarterbacks is so – the variance from the the bottom tier to the top tier really isn't that much. You know, you can get guys in this this 5,500 range, you know, the 6K or below range that can still get you the mid-20s to the upper 30s that you're getting uh, from the top range quarterbacks as well uh, that are 7K or above. Well, that's a little harder to do um, when you look at the other positions when it comes to, like, running backs and, and receivers. Um, so definitely keep in mind, this is kind of where you're in your – you're, you're heaven, West, because uh, I know. Cheaper, cheaper quarterbacks can actually pay off and obviously give you a little bit more bang for your buck uh, when it comes to their outcomes um, and the variance that they have. Yeah, and even, even Nick Mullins had 25 fantasy points last week because mm-hmm. he had, well, who do you have? Ayuk back, he had Debo back, he was finding right. Jordan Allen running all over the place. I mean, just uh, Jordan Allen, what, uh, who is it? Jordan, Jordan, uh, tight end Jordan. Jordan Reed. The tight end. <laughs> uh, Jordan they, Reed. He was finding... Yeah, in the end zone, and just I mean, he even paid off last week, tons, tons. Mm-hmm. And you can watch the the Cincinnati situation. So the Cowboys' defense hasn't been great. Um, you got um, Brandon Allen, who's questionable. If he's out, um, you're looking down even cheaper at a Ryan Finley, who's you know 4,300. Uh, if that's the case, you know he's got to get you what 12, 13 points uh, to pay off his salary against the Cowboys' defense. That could definitely be possible. Um, it is Brian Finley, so, you know, tread lightly uh, and carefully when it comes to that. But he would let you fit in a whole bunch of higher-priced guys in other positions if he is the starter. All right, let's jump over to wide receiver to talk about some of these people mm-hmm. that we are going to pair up with these uh, different quarterbacks that we're talking about. And I have – I've already did it, and, I, and I'm going to do the formal, formal written petition right now to DraftKings <laughs> higher-ups – of getting Devontae Adams as the highest priced player on DraftKings. He, he, he may not get the same amount of volume as, as a, a running back may, but he is getting targeted a ton. They are oh, yeah. getting him a touchdown every single game. I think him and Aaron Rodgers have got some kind of handshake agreement that they are going to get him to 20 touchdowns this season. Okay, I'm just I'm just telling you, <laughs> they got the look amongst themselves that they're going to get to 20 touchdowns this year. And if that's the case, I think he's sitting at 13, maybe 14 right now. There's not that mm-hmm. many games left. And so they're just going to try to hammer it home. And, and this may be the last season that they are playing together. And this is going to be a special end of the year for Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams. I am making a formal complaint to DraftKings that they need to make Devontae Adams the highest price, pri- highest price player on DraftKings. He's definitely the safest. Um, I think he's the best receiver um, in football. Uh, he's definitely the one that Rodgers is looking to, you know, option one, option two. Uh, he's usually scrambling by the time uh, he discounts Devontae Adams. And he does. He has a streak going on right now of getting in the end zone. I'm sure that's something that they'll, they'll like to keep going as well. Uh, he's got 13 touchdowns on the season. 20 is definitely 
uh, possible given we're looking at what three four games left um in the season still so it's gonna be tough this week i think a lot of folks are gonna go to his, his counterpart in the backfield uh, which may lower his ownership as well the price tag may lower his ownership but he is he's uh, the safest guy he's been double digits every single game but the the one he got hurt early um, against the Lions, uh, as a matter of fact. So you can see him maybe trying to have a, a bounce-back game, uh, give them the business since he didn't get a chance to give them the business earlier in the year. And you know what else I think? I, I this, Somewhere these players have got to know about DraftKings. They've got to know about fantasy points and all that. You know they do. And they always look for bulletin board, bull, bulletin board material. And I just sit there and I think about Tyler Lockett having that 56-point fantasy game or whatever it was, you know, it depends on the scoring format, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And, and just don't you, I mean, if, if I'm sitting there and I'm Aaron Rodgers, who's bored out of his gourd, by the way, just toying with the league at this point, uh, <laughs> and you just go over to Devonte Adams and Aaron Rodgers got that sly little look on his face. Keep in mind, I'm a Bears fan. So, you know, you know, I don't like that little look, but I respect the fire out of it because I've seen it so many times. He walks over there. And he just looks at Devonte Adams and says, hey, buddy, let's go get Tyler Lockett's record this week. Okay. You know, just just something like that. Let's set the woods on fire. You know, and, and it seems like they could do it. The two of them could do it together. They are so awesome. In this top tier, though, we got Devontae Adams, Tyreek Hill, DK Metcalf, uh, priced at 93, 85, and 8,400. Tell me, Pierre, out of these three players, who's going to be the biggest bust on Sunday? Because they all look like they're in great spots for me. Ooh, the biggest bust. Ugh. Aye, aye, aye. That's a tough one. Um, I agree. They're all in smash type of spots if i had to pick one i'd probably say tyree hill which scares okay. me who's uh, going to be the lowest scoring out of those three because they do all look yeah. like they're 30 point guys this week yeah i say tyree hill um xavier howard's a pretty pretty solid cornerback okay. uh there for miami i feel like miami has the the best defense um out of the three that these guys are facing as well so i say tyree hill obviously he could you know throw up the deuces at any time, get behind the secondary and, you know, pay it off. But if I had to pick one right now, uh, given the defense that they're facing, I'd say Tyreek Hill would be the bust, quote unquote. <laughs> Listen, let me let me let me plug this for a second, OK, because we had Rob Norton on our show uh, a couple of weeks ago, right at Norton 0723 on Twitter. He always does a lot of DraftKings stuff and he is the creator of the Baby Bowl, one of the program or one of the, the tournaments that I'm in this year that I ended up joining. Being a great tournament, great chat room, all that stuff that we've been a part of. A lot of great people in there. Okay. It's a it's an elimination tournament, right? So you can only use one player once throughout the entire year. Then he's gone. Right. So you don't. So, so you burn people mm-hmm. last week against Denver. I, I had held on to <laughs> Kansas City all year long, baby. And I and I put Mahomes and I put Hill in there. OK, that's what I did. And, and man, I burned them because Mahomes got less than 20 points. I think Tyreek Hill had 12 points, 11 points or something. At the same time, they just missed two touchdowns. You know, the one was a touchdown, and the ref called it incomplete, right? And, and so I'm like, oh, no, I want to review. I was throwing flags out there in my house. I was throwing flags. I was doing everything. Trying to, and, then, and then the one play, he had it in the end zone. He just stood there, and then he did his little backflip for after like five seconds of standing there, and then there was a penalty flag, so my flags yeah. came in late or something. I don't know what happened there. Oh, I was so close, Pierre. I'm having a huge, huge baby bowl day, and I did, actually. I had Waller, so I put I played Waller last week, so he still Ooh. saved me. Last week, yeah. so I had I, I finished you know in the top tier, top half or something like that. I don't know, but yeah, that's awesome. 
Waller, Waller had a really big week, and yeah, that Tyreek was brutal. Even that first one, he didn't realize he catched it. He caught the ball, so he ran over to the sidelines, kind of had his head down, and all of a sudden they showed the replay. He jumps up like, why did you challenge it? And Andy Reid's like, why didn't you say anything? He's like, oh, I didn't know. But like, yeah, you didn't know. Don't try to jump up now. So that was that was really bizarre. Yeah, but I'm, I'm saying that because the Baby Bowl thing has been a nice little DraftKings kind of style of format to play this year and really a different different format than I've ever played before. Very challenging. If it goes towards a good cause, too, with the March of Dimes donation that puts in there, but it also pays out each week to the winner of each week, and then it pays out at the end of the year as well. So it's a really good contest, a really cool tournament to be a part of, and something I'm going to say similar, what, what Rob has aspirations of, I'd imagine one day of uh, the, you know, just the scott fish tradition the scott fish bowl mm-hmm. and all that stuff so a great ground level room to break into there with the baby bowl and we'll hear more about that on the fantasy impact today network as next season comes closer all right next year starts off with Allen at 7700 and i'm going to drop it all the way down to thielen at 7000 which makes a little bit of sense mm-hmm. all right I, and i look at that and one of the things that i want to ask you about this okay um it, the, the boomer bust here in this area, all right? DeAndre Hopkins looks like a big boom or a bust to me. It's never always the same. It's never the same thing. It's either got a lot of points or he has no points, it seems like in my head. Michael Thomas has not caught any touchdowns this year. Who do you think is going to be the bigger boom or bust, Hopkins or Michael Thomas? Uh, for the bust, I'd say Hopkins uh, just because of the James Bradbury situation. Uh, I know folks sometimes don't respect the, the cornerbacks when it comes to top receivers, but – we saw what he did in Seattle with, with Metcalf, and he's kind of been he's kind of been that kind of shut down corner um, all season for the Giants. So Hopkins would be my bust out of those two. Um, Michael Thomas would be my boom. Uh, Darius Slay, as I stated, has been getting torched. Uh, he got beat up by by Metcalf uh, two weeks ago, and then he got beat up by Devontae Adams last week. So it could be uh, Michael Thomas's week to to kind of go off and have an explosion. Not sure Taysom Hill can get him the ball in those situations, but given the matchups himself, I prefer Thomas over DeAndre Hopkins. It shocked me when I saw that Michael Thomas had zero touchdowns this season. I know he's got injuries or injuries and all that stuff that he battled, but still zero touchdowns this year. Would you rather have Michael Thomas or Tyler Lockett, who has only scored 13 DraftKings points or more, one out of the last six weeks? Yeah, it's tough. I, I'd probably still go Michael Thomas. I want to say Lockett because of the Jets matchup, obviously, but Michael Thomas is eating up the targets from Taysom Hill. He's had you know, 12, uh, 6 in the game against Denver where they really didn't have to throw the ball at all, um, and then 11 again. Uh, so as long as this game stays close, which I expect it will, it hurts. I feel like the Eagles will, will definitely be competitive in this game. I think Michael Thomas will be the beneficiary of that. Um, there's not really many people to steal targets from him um, on that Saints offense. I know you got Emmanuel Sanders and, and Traquan Smith, but Michael Thomas is clearly option 1A, 1B, uh, whereas Tyler Lockett has the DK Metcalf factor um, that can kind of play into his targets a bit. So I'd go Michael Thomas out of those two. Thomas or banged up A.J. Brown, who only had 11 DraftKings points last week? Um, I still go A.J. Brown here. Uh, I know he got banged up in that game against Cleveland. Uh, he came back. Uh, you expect them to, to kind of have a bounce back type of spot against Jacksonville. Uh, you do have to worry about it turning into a run game if they can get Henry going early on. Uh, but he's still got the the bigger playability um, when it comes to the, between him and Michael Thomas. He's he's more capable breaking free for you know 40, 50 yard touchdown type of situation. So I go AJ Brown out of those two. 
He is so big. I didn't know, realize how big he was. I mean, he's he's not DK Metcalf big. He's not Julio Jones big, but he's just he's just a tier below them, I think. You know, I'd like to see all three of them standing side by side and go, wow, look at those guys, man. I mean, they, oh, yeah, he's huge. And I believe there's a photo um, on the internet with him and, and DK Metcalf together. And he holds his own. They both went to Ole Miss. So maybe there's something in the water down there. Or, you know, <laughs> they got a different weightlifting program than the rest of the country. But, yeah, he's huge as well for sure. All right, A.J. Brown or Calvin Ridley this week? Uh, that's tough. I, <laughs> I, I, I say Brown still. Okay. Brown or Justin Jefferson? Uh, hmm. I don't think Cousins is going to have the week he's been having, so I'll, I'll continue to say A.J. Brown. And Brown or Thielen? Okay, A.J. Brown again. Okay, all right, A.J. Brown, the top guy out of that tier. That's pretty cool. I like that. All right, very good, very good. Uh, A-Rob starts us off at 6,800, who is my guy right there. We're going to go all the way down to Galladay at 6,000, who's probably not going to play this week, right? I don't know what the situation is. I hope he plays before the end of the year. This is a contract year. I don't don't know what that means. I don't know. I mean, his hip's got to be bothering him. That guy always seemed to be a gamer. Maybe he's trying to uh, make a statement right now. I, I don't know what's going on, but he hasn't played in a couple of weeks but he's at 6,000 so we'll just kind of leave him out of the mix unless you want to talk about him but who will who will and who won't who will be the biggest boom over their DraftKings dollar price point this week Pierre out of that group biggest boom give me give me Julio Jones um, out against the the Chargers I expect this to kind of be a shootout out there I know the total is only at 49 and a half right now um, but both teams are coming off of Pretty poor losses. Uh, you had the, the Falcons coming off back-to-back losses, really. Um, although they, they had the big game against uh, the Raiders. So they had a loss against the Saints. Um, and then you have the Chargers with the loss, obviously, against the Patriots. So I like Julio. Really good price for him at 6600 Um Again, he's one of those guys that I, I kind of like to play when he's under-owned and under-priced um, for what he can do. He got 10 targets in his return last week. Um, so we'll see if that can continue. Uh, obviously, you have the hamstring that – can definitely go out at any time, but I do like Julio. I'm um, 6600 to go boom in this price range. Who do you like to not hit their price range this week in this little grouping right here? One Ooh. person. One person. One person. Take Brandon Cooks out of there. Take Galladay out of there because Cooks <laughs> may not play with the concussion issues. Give me. Uh, this is tough. Really? Yeah, it's it's tough. I, they're, they're just. I mean, Debo Samuel's coming off of what negative five point game last week or something like that. It seemed like yesterday. I know he got. I know he got. <laughs> yeah, he got there a little bit last night. I like Debo's upside though. Um, he got thirteen actually last week. I didn't I think probably, it was that high. Since who was the starter, I'd probably say Devontae Parker. Uh, I more prefer him when Fitzpatrick's quarterback. Um, so I go Parker probably as the bus out of this group. Okay. Okay. I can see that with Tua. He only had seven and a half DraftKings points. I think he left the game a little bit early last week, but I can understand that. It seemed like uh, Tua ended up getting eyes for Jacecki at some point last, last yeah, week, which was finally a good breakthrough. Marvin Jones Jr., who just tore up my bears last week, <laughs> he's priced at 5800 Look, if, if Jones Jr. is tearing people up this year, that's what I'm saying. It's, they're just laying down and dying right now is what the bears are doing. But he's at 5800 and I'm going to take it all the way down to uh, Sterling Shepard. 
Shepard at 5,200. I'm not sure who's going to be quarterback. Daniel Jones is there taking some practice reps. They're hoping to have mm-hmm. him back, but Colt McCoy will probably be the quarterback there again, I would imagine, uh, just because they want to make sure that hamstring's really good and, and uh, rested for Colt, uh, for uh, uh, Daniel Jones. So tell me, out of that group right there, uh, who will end up with the biggest points this week? Will it be Corey Davis again, who was king last week with 38 DraftKings points? Yeah. Can he do it again? Um, he can. Um, and you you tried talking me into him, and I wouldn't let you. So that was that was tough. Uh, he had a really big game. So bravo on you trying to convince me to to even consider him, which I didn't. Uh, it's hard to go back to back though, so I'm not sure he'll be the guy to do it again. Uh, knowing my luck, he'll go for another 30 burger. Uh, but give me Jamison Crowder um, out of this group, uh, 5,400. Uh, Sam Darnold really likes the, the target, the, the slot um, himself. He even did that a lot at USC. Uh, you look at seven targets last week against the Raiders, five catches, 47 yards, two touchdowns. I expect him to trail a lot, again, as I stated in this game against the Seahawks. Um, so it should be a lot of passing attempts, and I think that Crowder will be one of the main beneficiaries of those passing attempts. Yeah, I can't remember his name right now, but I think that Seattle slot cornerback is mm-hmm. one of the worst in the league. Is it Hargroves? Is that is that who that is? I can't remember who that is right now. I don't think he's in Seattle. I'm not sure of the name, but yeah, yeah, think, you're, you're, not, you're not wrong. <laughs> yeah. Uh, one other that you would like there out of that group there, I'll give you another one to choose from because I do think that that's a nice little group of people. Yeah, it'd, it'd probably be Corey Davis. Um, he'd probably be the number two. Again, I'm not expecting the 38. Uh, that he put up against the Browns, but I can still see him getting double digits somewhere around the, you know, 15 to 20 range, uh, which should pay off his salary. And if you didn't want to hear that, then Antonio Brown uh, <laughs> coming off a stinker uh, against the Chiefs. They're coming off a bye week, so another week to kind of get him incorporated into the offense uh, himself. Uh, 5,500. He looked at, you know, targets before uh, that Chiefs game. He looked at 13 and eight, so they they may have him more in their their game okay, plan this week. So look okay, at him. I can't, can't do it. Do it. I, I I had him everywhere against the Chiefs, and I just he just he left a terrible taste in my mouth. I don't I don't know just a terrible taste. I don't know what him and him and uh, Tom Brady were cooking that night, but whatever it was that I had for dinner, it was just terrible, terrible taste in my mouth. Hey, yeah. T.Y. Hilton, T.Y. Hilton, your man. He yes. finally made it. He made it yeah. into the starter salaries. Uh, can can he pay off again though this week, having that big jump in salary? Can he pay off that fifty one hundred price point? I think he can. Um, he's of he's do, by the way. Of course you do. <laughs> he's got the connection. And I told you when you watched the coach that he was he was doing a lot of things on the field that was taking away attention uh, from him. Well, taking away you know basically attention of defenders where guys like Pittman and, and Burton and all those guys were the beneficiaries. But you could kind of see that Rivers was starting to take chances to him, and there was a lot of penalties and holds and things that really took back the production that he had. And once that didn't happen, once it started to click, which I felt that was the case in Tennessee, he only had five targets, but he he caught four of those and had big playability. And I knew going into Houston, obviously he torches the Texans there every year. I'm like, he's going to, he's going to continue. You could just see the rapport building uh, with him and rivers uh, had a season high of targets of 11, caught eight of those for 110 and a touchdown. And I just feel like they're meshing right now. Uh, Rivers is trusting him a, a lot more and giving him a chance to kind of make plays, which is what he always asked for. Uh, so I do still like T.Y. Hilton at, at 5,100, even with that salary increase. 
All right. I could see that. I can understand that. And yeah, I understand your love for him as as well. <laughs> I, I would, I'm going to make a Lazard. Okay. We're looking for the three times the value that we look for here out of this bottom tier, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, can, Lazard, I think, is at 5,000 to gauge at 4,500. So we're going to play a little game of yes, close, or not at all. Okay, so we're going to start there at Alan Lazard, and I'm just going to go through these guys really quick, and you can tell me, yes, they will pay off their three times the value. Uh, They'll come close to it, or no, not at all. All right, you ready? Yeah. Lazard. Yes. Cooks. Yes, Cooks. Cooks? What do you say, Cooks? I thought you said they're they're cooking, so yes, he's going to be cooking. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, sure. I'll just say yes or no. Cooking. Okay, I just I was I was confused. I was like, "What?" Uh, Pittman. No. Watkins. No. Boyd at forty nine hundred. Yes. Fulgham. No. What is he doing at forty nine hundred, Pierre? What What is Fulgham still doing at forty nine hundred? And I still wouldn't have an answer. He 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 must have just. I know he tore it up at the beginning of the year, but I mean he's getting like zero points right now. Zero fantasy. He's just still at forty nine hundred. CD Lamb, forty eight. Yes. T. Higgins. I don't think he's going to play, so I'm going to say no. Jerry Judy. Mm, no. Kirk, uh, Christian Kirk. No. Aguilar. No. Mike Williams. Yes. Oh, Henry Ruggs the third. No. Russell Gage at 4,500, and uh, he's our last one. No. No, really. He's coming off of, uh, what, 13 DraftKings points targeted like 10 times, 20 times, 30 times. I don't know. He's targeted a whole bunch last week. It felt like eight times, eight targets last week and one touchdown ended up at 15 DraftKings points. And you say no. I say no. I just his his production is just so up and down. And I feel like he's kind of had a couple of decent weeks in a row and it's time for the down. Oh, it's time. okay. It's time for the down. There are two guys in this next tier, starting at Jalen Rieger at 4,400, all the way down to Perryman at 3,900. Mm-hmm. Here, there are two guys that I like. Can you guess them? I would say Perryman would be one, and Denzel Mims. Same I don't thing? know. I don't know if that I wrote them down. I just... <laughs> no, 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 not Perryman and Mims. No, I'm not. I don't have a Jets infatuation. What are you talking about? Joe Flacco is that quarterback. <laughs> Joe Flacco. Uh, no, I, actually, I like uh, Tim Patrick. I like okay. him. He's gotten over 20 DraftKings points, I think, the last two weeks. He has the targets. He has the uh, ability. He's got the game script, I think, this week. So I, I just I just like it. All right. Mm-hmm. And then Chad Henson, who had seven targets uh, for 101 yards and 18 DraftKings points, and he didn't even find the end zone last week. We knew that those targets had to go somewhere, right? And they ended up going mm-hmm. to him. And then uh, not uh, Aikens. Like, uh, Aikens, what a, what a, what a. I'm not a, touching a, that. I, I didn't weeks. mean to hurt feelings. So I'm not even bringing up Aikens. I'll let oh, you know. I, I bring I bring it up two two times two times the last two weeks he has burned me <laughs> just Aikens no and there that so what that means and the DFS dreamer listeners know this play Aikens this week right so, <laughs> right <laughs> what you do you got to swerve with everyone's eggs yeah uh, so I like Tim Patrick I like uh, whatever that other guy's name was who I'd never heard of before last week Chad Henson mm-hmm. and is there anybody else on this group that you like or am I crazy or you just want to tell me no about those two guys. I don't, know, I don't mind it. I didn't get to see uh, Hanson. Um, I missed the most of that Colts game uh, doing some things for my for my church 
uh, on Sunday, but he he definitely got the production out of nowhere. I wasn't even sure if he was in the player pool uh, last week, but I guess he was. Um, a lot of folks thought it'd be, uh, I think, Potier and then uh, Stephen Mitchell Jr., but it was definitely Hanson. Uh, so he's definitely worth a look if he was on the field and getting targeted from Watson. Uh, he had a good game, so you could definitely see him go back. Um, I do actually like the the Jets guys. Um, again, I, I, I still want to see how that Seattle Seahawks secondary uh, holds up. And they've been pretty good over recent weeks. Uh, but I can see either Mims or Perryman uh, getting deep, uh, breaking free on a game where they're going to have to throw the ball a lot. So I probably prefer Perryman. Uh, at the cheaper price of 3900 but I think that one of those guys could definitely uh, turn in a, a decent day uh, for their salary. Um, I don't know if we got down, but Michael Gallup uh, still just seems cheap for his talent mm-hmm. um, at 3800 I know it's Dalton, but you kind of mentioned the revenge spot there in Cincinnati. Uh, he's having a pretty decent uh, day. I know they caught a touchdown earlier um, tonight against uh, the Ravens, so that's some some situation to watch. Uh, so Gallup at 3800 could be someone in this price range you could take a shot on as well. Yeah, I, I've spotted a couple more educated flyers uh, on the rest of this tier a little bit. Colin Johnson, he still put up some fantasy numbers last mm-hmm. week. Uh, four, what do you have? What Four, four catches six. on six targets, 66 yards, 13 DraftKings points, I think. Quintus Cephas, he only had, I think, a couple of catches, but he had 63 yards and a touchdown. So obviously they're trying to – I think they were trying to make the, make, uh, make the game go a little bit faster last week from the offensive side of things, get some more snaps and all that. Mm-hmm. So he might be in a good game script and playing indoor and playing from behind. He had 14 DraftKings points last week. And I, I don't know who Jalen Hurts has a connection with. I, I think Rieger only caught one target. Greg Ward actually caught three targets for 57 yards and a touchdown last week for 15 yeah. DK points. So he might be one of those guys to kind of look for. And, you know, as a backup quarterback always comes in the game, that's who I always try to find. You know, who's that guy? And just like Colin Johnson seems to be that guy for uh, whatever whatever his name is. Glennon. <laughs> Jacksonville. Glennon, yeah, Glennon. Uh, so I just, you know, it's one of those guys that's going to be that guy for Jalen Hurts as well. Yeah, it definitely could be Greg Ward. He he, he seemed to have a, a little connection with the time they had on the field. Um, so that's a, a situation to for sure monitor. Uh, there's a couple guys even down here cheaper. So Cam Sims had a really, really good game against uh, the Steelers secondary of all folks. Uh, he got nine targets, went five for 92 uh, going to San Francisco, but you could see that Alex Smith really uh, liked him down in the 3K range. So you got um, KJ Hamler uh, down here at minimum salary. Uh, he's, you know, I know you mentioned Tim Patrick, but he's definitely a, a target uh, for Drew Locke as well. Um, so you can look at him at 3K, very minimum salary. Had a couple drops um, in that game uh, against the Chiefs. Uh, so you can see him maybe bounce back. His game lock doesn't look great. Uh, but he's on the field and he's capable of making plays. I remember him at Penn State, uh, you know, making plays uh, back in the Big Ten days. Uh, A.J. Green, someone else to watch. Um, I know it's tough to say, but he played uh, 80% of the snaps uh, last week. Uh, you're looking at um, Alden Tate's out. Um, he just had surgery, so he's out four to six weeks. Uh, T. Higgins, as I mentioned earlier, may not play. That's because he's questionable with a hamstring injury. Uh, so it could be down to really Tyler Boyd and A.J. Green, uh, whose minimum salary uh, definitely someone that you could see a, a Finley or um, a Brandon Allen, depending on um, against Dallas, who has a poor secondary. So you might be able to take a shot on Oatman and A.J. Green, who reports already once out of Cincinnati and won't be returning. Uh, so perhaps they, they try to help him go out on a, a decent note there in Cincinnati or one of the final home games there. What if he just goes and puts on a Dallas Cowboys uniform and, and gets <laughs> passes from <laughs> from his old buddy, you know. What if he just goes ahead and does that and gets passes from the red rifle? <laughs> <Just> yeah, <laughs> that'd be hilarious. But 
I mean, I'm sure they'll, they'll have some camaraderie there and he'll, he'll want to play well uh, with Dalton on the field. And, and now he's like auditioning. So yeah. if he knows he's out of Cincinnati, he, he's got to start auditioning for his next contract. So definitely be a good time to do it if they're short on right receiver. I'm going to mention Cameron Bateson as well, or Batson. I'm not sure how you say that name from the Tennessee mm-hmm. Titans, just in case uh, A.J. Brown is out that game. He caught three targets last week for 14 yards and found his way to the end zone. If they got to pass a lot there, if uh, that game script goes that way in Jacksonville, he had 10 DraftKings points last week. And a Lynn Borden Jr., he had four catches for 41 yards, mm-hmm. nine DraftKings points last week as well, which would pay off that minimum salary for sure if you wanted to spend it up somewhere a little bit higher. Huh? Are you, are you like yeah, about that research? Oh, huh? Kentucky. I remember, I remember Limbo, and I think he's more um, – you got to watch the running back situation with him because he was more uh, on the field to, to kind of spell uh, Miles Gaskin, if I'm not mistaken, as a, a backup running back with all the injuries. So look to see if they get any of those running backs back. Uh, before you kind of risk it with him, but if he if they're if they're out and it's just gasking to him again, definitely uh, old, old quarterback uh, for for UK. So definitely keep him in mind. That's always good, and you can catch up with those kind of situations and ask Pierre about those over on Twitter at Wee 31 on Twitter. You can ask me as well at Loafinit, and I'll be in sh- I will in, uh, make sure that I tag Wee in that so you can get a good answer. No. <laughs> Don't, don't forget to follow the whole gang over at FI Today with a little underscore underneath the bio there. Everybody's names are listed along with their Twitter feeds. You can just follow every single one of them there on Twitter. And don't forget to go over to Anchor FM. You can find the show over there. Subscribe. Share the show. You guys have been doing a lot of good things with that. And, Pierre, we got to get another DraftKings tournament going. I mean, we're, we're a DraftKings DFS show, and we, we, we mm-hmm. put up DraftKings tournaments each week. What are we, what are yeah, we doing? I can do one this week. Let me do one. Yeah. Okay. Yep, yeah, well, I'll, get one, I'll get one sent out, and we can retweet it, and I'll pin it uh, once we're done here. Yeah, how, we got to set the high, people higher. I, I I feel like we set it too low last time, and we, we kind of had a little fumbling up with the first one that we did, so we kind of fumbled it up a little bit. <laughs> but uh, we could, we're going to shoot for 30 people, $5, that kind of thing? Um, so we'll definitely do 5 The reason I do 20 is it, it lets you run it regardless, um, whereas if you go anything higher than 20 on DraftKings, you – you have to, to fill it or it cancels. Um, so I don't want people to miss out. I'd rather it just run regardless. So that's why we, we did 20 and we, we'll probably do 20 again. Okay, let's do 20. If it fills up, we'll do another 20. How about that? We'll do we'll do two of them. How about that? All right. Uh, and one of the questions that will be going on then for that tournament will be, who do we play at tight end, right? And, <laughs> you know, I like to roll down to the bottom. I can't do that this week. Pierre, because we got Travis Kelsey up there at the top, and he's at 7,400. And we also have Waller, who's there at 6,800. And those guys are just on fire. You, I mean, they're, they're on fire. They're having their own little contest. And so much so that Travis Kelsey even said Sunday night after the victory that they had uh, against uh, whoever it was they were playing with Denver that they were playing, <laughs> the, the lady asked him a question, and he brought up the Las Vegas Raiders. <laughs> You know, so I I don't know what was going on there, but uh, yeah, Darren Waller and Travis Kelsey can either one of those guys pay off their price points. Kelsey is at seventy four hundred, and Waller is at sixty eight hundred. Can they both pay up their price points, or just one of them? They both can. Um, I probably lean Kelsey. Uh, I feel like obviously he's the the best tight end uh, right now, at least with with Kittle um, on the the IR, and he might be the best even with Kittle's activated. But he's just getting. Pepper with targets. Him and Tyreek are, are pretty much taking the majority of the targets for the Chiefs. You look at 13 last week, 8, 10, 12, 12, eating targets. 
7400 is definitely a price tag that he can pay off. Um, he's done so in, in four out of the last five weeks as well, um, whereas Waller's a little more inconsistent. Uh, you have a big 48 burger, then you have a six. You have the big 21, then you have a six. 13, then you have a seven. So he's actually here lately been every other week. Uh, if you continue that trend, then you probably don't want to play him against the, the Colts this week. Uh, so just keep that in mind. But Kelsey would be the one I lean on. I know each week I say, you know, the the tight end against the Colts usually has a pretty good week. And you've always been like, man, it's a Colt defense, man. You can't just know it's a Colt defense. <laughs> and I think I started that with Tonian and Tonian ended up getting a touchdown that week or something. So I, I, I understand that up and down, up and down against mm-hmm. the Waller or with Waller of the world. And I don't know if it's him or Carr who's up and down, up and down, yeah, <laughs> or maybe it's true. Gruden. But look, it's it's bread and butter time. They got to go to their big hosses and they got to force feed those guys and let them make plays. I, I could see Waller having a nice game this week and I understand the trend and I may go in a different direction because I have been sniffing out some good tight ends that did that completely sounded wrong Say Pierre that sounded wrong when you listen back that's going to sound wrong I told you I had a good filter I didn't expect that that was an innocent uh faux pas Pierre I just just let it roll it's a a judgment free zone on my end so I was just letting you go with it But I think both of those guys can pay off pretty well this week, and I would hesitate to say Waller if I had to choose between one of the two. All right, so our next tier starts us off there. I'm going to say it starts off at Hawk, which at 5,000, because we're going to skip over Kittle right now. So Hawk gets in at 5,000, all the way down to Ingram at 4,300. Pierre, let me ask you this question, all right, because I'm going to take take Gronkowski out of the mixture, all right, because Gronk hasn't really paid off that price point at 4,800 very often this season, I don't think. And Hunter Henry has been very disappointing as of late. So I'm going to put those two at the bottom of the tiers. And let me ask you this. Would you rather have TJ Hawkinson, who's had seven, eight, and nine targets the last three weeks for a total of 10, 13, and 15 DraftKings points? We're going to say that Galladay's not playing so that all these targets and everything will be right there. Or Jacecki, who's had two touchdowns the last two games, really had a big game last week after Parker left. Or Ingram, who had, uh, had nine targets and eight targets the last two weeks. Which one would you rather have out of those three? Uh, Hawkinson would be the, the one out of those three. Uh, for one, I like his quarterback best. Um, and Stafford, I like Stafford better than Tua um, and either Colt McCoy or Daniel Jones, if I'm being honest. Um, in addition, I like the game more. Uh, you're looking at a 55 again point total. Uh, for the the Packers versus the Lions, Packers are seven and a half point favorites, uh, which means the Lions should be trailing in that game, uh, having to pass a little bit more. Uh, so again, I, I trust uh, Stafford to to get the ball to Hawkinson more, and I trust Tua to get Zeki, or I, I trust Colt McCoy or, or Daniel Jones to to get it to Ingram. Okay, Noah Font. All the way down to, let's say, Hayden Hurst at 3,700, who had a lot of targets, I think, last week. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, four, he had four targets anyway. He had only one. What, really? He only had two fan draft kings points? What was I listening to? <laughs> over the, I, I, he had eight targets the week before. Maybe that's what I got stuck in my head. So he didn't really play well at all last week. And DraftKings got it. They have him in a picture with a beard, with hardly any beard, hardly any face. He's got a big beard now, I believe, doesn't he? Yeah, it was. He was decent. Uh, that was the, the Chiefs game, right? Yeah, well, no, I was Hurst. I was talking about Hurst. Oh, you're talking about Hurst. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he does have a beard uh, right now, but uh, I, Hurst has been, I don't know, it's tough. You usually want, it seems, you want Ridley or Julio to be out um, in order for him to get Matt Ryan's uh, targets. Uh, when they're both on the field, he's kind of the forgotten man, uh, which is sad because I, I feel like he's talented. 
Uh, but maybe he's not, you know, uh, maybe he's, he's not as great. Maybe that's why Baltimore uh, kind of gave up on him, but I still like him. Uh, he's a great, he's a great human being. He, you know, he really talks yeah. uh, to, you know, mental illness and things along those lines. So I like him. I like his foundation. I think he's capable of, of paying off this price oh, tag yeah. to get to targets. He just hasn't been getting the targets from, from Matt Ryan for some reason. All right. So out of that group, Tanya to Hurst, who do you like the most out of that group? From Tanya to Hurst. Mm, well, I don't know. The, I, I want to say one of the Eagles, but I don't know how that situation is going to be with Hurts. Uh, so go ahead and give me Tanya at, at 4,200. Uh, again, high over under. Uh, definitely has uh, Rodgers, uh, the connection. He's got three touchdowns. Uh, oh, basically a touchdown a week for three straight weeks. Uh, five targets, three straight weeks. Uh, if he keeps that going, he's going to pay off that that 12 points that you need or so. He's at 15, 17, and roughly 14 in, in three weeks in a row. So give me Tunyon out of that group. Yeah, if, if you knew it was, if it was Goddard or Hurts, that'd be a, a big connection right there. We're going to have to wait and see what Jalen Hurts likes. But I, I, I actually – seemed to have some kind of development there with Ertz over the last second half of the game, but maybe that was just because they were taking Goddard away. So we're going to have to, the, 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 the decision-making is still out. What about Fersker? What about Fersker at 3,600? He had a big game, but I think every single one of those catches were on the last drive of the game. <laughs> <laughs> he did. I mean, it was a lot easier to, to stomach him at, at minimum salary at 2,500. Uh, it's a little tougher at, at 3,600, but he's still the top tight end there as long as Johnny's ruled out. Um, right now, Johnny's questionable, uh, so we'll see how that kind of plays out. But if Johnny's in, uh, do you have to worry about Ferkshire at all? But if he's out, he's he's still playable at 3,600. It's just a little tougher, like I said, the stomach at that price range. I still, you know, I'm an old man. I can't understand all the DraftKings thing and the jargon and all that. So I can't figure out to necessarily go look at my past lineups or anything. Mm -hmm. uh, but but one of them came rolling in. And I know I had Dan Arnold in that lineup last week. And I played him uh, because it, it, he actually had a good PFF grade. And I was like, okay. And I, I researched him or that Max guy or something like that. And I knew, I thought that everything would stay close to the line of scrimmage because Kyler Murray's shoulder was hurting, right? So I was trying to find those needles in a haystack and i played dan arnold and i'll be if it didn't pay off he got 20 <laughs> DraftKings points last week i don't know if they can do that this week against the giants because the giants are so tough uh i'm gonna have to wait and see but out of that next group starting with dan arnold all the way down i i guess the rest of this the rest of this batch pierre you start naming guys and i'll start naming my guys because i got a sheet full oh boy uh so i don't like arnold he he kind of took three targets and turned two of them into touchdowns which i don't think is is very sustainable um i actually like the the guys in the really really cheap range yeah. um so the the 2900 range to jump down i like your guy um and my guy a notre dame product co-commit uh there for the bears at 2900 uh, he started to to get the snaps and, and take those away from jimmy graham now uh, so that's something that if you've been watching the the Bears at all, uh, you would have noticed that he's kind of eating up all the targets, 78% of the snaps last week and 79% the week before. Uh, so he's he's tight in one, it seems, uh, right now for the Bears. Uh, so that's something to to definitely keep an eye on. Seven targets, uh, caught five for 37 and a touchdown last week against Detroit. Another good matchup against the, the Texans uh, this week. Um, and then I think he can take a shot on one of these Seahawk guys as well. Um, again, it's the Jets. We just saw what Darren Waller did at the tight end position um, against the Jets. Obviously, Disley and and uh, Hollister aren't the, the same as Darren Waller, but I think he could take a shot. I'd probably lean uh, with Will Disley 
um, at 2,900. He got five targets last week, uh, turned four of those um, into catches for 28 yards as well. Again, you don't know which one could kind of go off, but in that price range, I think I'd go with Disley. He played 54% of the snaps uh, last week, 72 the week before that. Um, so Disley and, and Komet both at 2,900 seem like really good salary savers um, at first glance. I like what you're saying there. I also like Drew Sample, and I know it depends a little bit upon the quarterback situation there, mm-hmm. but he caught seven targets last week, 49 yards for 12 DraftKings points. He's only priced at 3000 so that could be a way to save a little bit of money. And Cameron Braid, I know that they got Gronk there, but Cameron Braid seems to find his way into the end zone sometimes, and it's just another short little flyer. I think I'd rather have Sample at 3000 than Braid, but Braid's at 3000 He caught four targets the last time they played for 34 yards, had seven DraftKings points, and if he would have just fell in the end zone, that could have turned into double digits DraftKings points pretty easily. And you got your guy. You mentioned Tyler Eifert last weekend. I kind of uh, shooed that away, but he has a good, he had a good week last week. And it seems like Glennon is looking for him or O'Shaughnessy, uh, who's at twenty five hundred. Uh, Eifert had six catches for 45 yards, 10 and a half DraftKings points. Uh, two weeks ago, he had 10 DraftKings points. O'Shaughnessy last week had four catches, 41 yards for eight DraftKings points. And, you know, who knows who's going to find the end zone there in that situation. And who knows if Eifert's going to end up playing the whole game, right? It's true. Um, obviously, he has an injury history uh, back from his days in Cincinnati. But a lot of those guys that are, are coming in off the bench, second, third string guys, are just dependent on those tight ends with, with dump offs is kind of like safety blankets. <clears throat> so that's why I was really mainly on Eifert knowing that Glennon was coming in and would use those safety blankets. So that could definitely continue to be the case. Um, I feel like he's getting a little more loose. Um, I know he got DJ Chark back uh, in addition to he likes Colin Johnson, Keelan Cole, uh, LaVisha Chenault, guys like that. But um, Eifert's kind of going up in price. It was a little easier again, kind of like Ferkshire uh, to pay that 2600 uh, type price range a couple weeks ago, whereas now he's went up 500 to 3100. Um, don't discount Logan Thomas either at 3300. Uh, he's got back-to-back weeks at, at 13 or more points. Uh, he's definitely been catching the eye of Alex Smith. Had a pretty poor matchup, I thought, uh, against the Steelers, and he really just ate them up. Uh, nine catches, 98 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, so you could see that trend. Obviously, Alex Smith returning to the 49ers. Uh, who kind of pushed him aside themselves back in the Colin Kaepernick days. So he could still have a chip on his shoulder there. Um, So keep that in mind with Logan Thomas. And then this same game, uh, I'm not sure if he'll be activated. I know he kind of glossed over him, uh, but Kyle Shanahan said that he was hopeful that that Kittle will be back um, within the last couple weeks of the season. Uh, That may not be the case since they dropped one to the the Bills last night, but if he gets activated at 5,400, you're going to play George Kittle everywhere. Uh, So just keep an eye on that news. Uh, to see how he kind of trends um, if he gets back to practicing and if that foot um, is, is healed, healed enough for him to, to get out on the field for them to make this late playoff push. Yeah, and Jordan Reed, too. I know he finds his way into the end zone. He only had four catches last week for 32 yards, but he did get a, t- a touchdown, so that was that was good. He paid, had 12 DraftKings points, and he is going against those Washington Redskins that yep. he played for for such a long time. So we got to definitely mention those guys. There are a lot of good values underneath that 3,500 range where you can save some dollars. Dollars, yes, it kind of makes it kind of makes sense, Pierre. It kind of makes sense. <laughs> I right, see you, let's look at some defenses and I'll be honest with you what I've been doing. uh, You know, I like to scroll to the bottom and I've just determined I'm going to play one of those bottom defenses and I'm going to save me some dollars right there and I'm going to pay up in other areas. And I don't know if that'll pay off this week or not, Pierre. Tell me what you think about these DSTs. It can. I mean, you don't need much um, from them at this cheap. Uh, You you look and, you know, you got folks that are, you know, 2K minimum salary and, 
you know, they get a, a couple sacks and interception, get you five or six points. That's usually serviceable uh, when it comes to defenses. If you can get a pick six out of one of those teams, then you're, you're sky high and living the dream. So in this range, um, I like both the, the Bengals and the Cowboys um, in that matchup there with Dalton returning to Cincinnati. Uh, right now, you're looking at a pretty low over-under at 43 and a half. Uh, temperatures are supposed to be about 37 degrees, which is pretty cold, uh, eight to nine mile an hour winds. Uh, again, you might have a, a Ryan Finley, Andy Dalton showdown. Uh, so looking at 2,400 and 2,300, I think both the Cowboys and Bengals are going to be in play. Um, I do like the Giants. I know we, we kind of mentioned in, uh, what they did uh, against Seattle and, and Russell Wilson. They scored 13 points at Seattle against Russell Wilson. Now they're at home against a banged up Kyler Murray. They're only 2,600. Uh, only went up 400 from the week before. Uh, they've they've had nine and 13 in back to back weeks. Uh, haven't given up more than 17 points in three weeks um, in a row as well. So uh, keep an eye on the, the New York Football Giants, as they like to say, at 2600. I think it's a good price range. Uh, Texans. I don't like their defense, but they do have JJ Watt. Um, as you saw in Detroit, uh, he's capable of picking off Trubisky, running one back himself. Uh, so another one really down in your price range at 2600. Uh, that I think he can play. And the 49ers as well, they're getting healthier. Um, I know Josh Allen kind of kind of torched him a bit, but Alex Smith is not Josh Allen. Uh, as great as a comeback story uh, that he is, he's a little more conservative. He's not scrambling uh, like Josh Allen is. So I think he can kind of look back at the 49ers uh, going up against their old quarterback at 2700 down in this price range as well. I like that idea uh, a lot because I just I, – Josh Allen, man, he is big. For a quarterback and yeah. he he is fast and they really play to his strengths you know i saw a lot of times where he was going to the right and everything and it just it, every the game slowed down for him i haven't been able to watch him a lot this year in a in a whole game and i didn't even watch it all last night all the way all the way through but uh i just saw the parts that i did it just looked like the game had really slowed down for him and that's a good sign i also like it i, I think i've fallen in love with this team a little bit at least the defensive side of the the ball because it just seems like they're trying to go after turnovers a lot and I, maybe the 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 book is back on Herbert now maybe you know we 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 said he had a really good first part of the year whenever he came in but then all of a sudden the New England Patriots maybe that film is going to be in that film room with the Atlanta Falcons this week and they're only at 2400 against those Chargers I don't know if they can do it on the road or not maybe the home cooking is going to be good for the Chargers but but I kind of like that one yeah, it's worth a shot. Their, their defense definitely has played harder uh, with Raheem Morris um, there as coach. Uh, so that's definitely something to, to keep in mind. Uh, I knew Herbert, I mean, he'd been tearing it up. So he was due uh, to kind of come back to earth a bit. I, I feel like this could be a bounce back spot. But um, again, all you need is a couple sacks. If you can get a pick six or a strip sack for a, a touchdown, these cheap defenses are going to pay that off instantly. So that's what you're hoping for. And I'm, I'm going to tell you, as far as the top tier goes, one of the things that came to my mind, I don't know what I was doing. I, I had a NyQuil night last night. I, it's a red man. I call him a NyQuil night every once in a while. My <laughs> nose was sniffly. I was I was sniffly. I was sneezy. I got the humidifiers out and all that. So all that's alleviated a little bit. But yeah. I had a NyQuil night last night. And as I was laying there, I woke up a little bit out of a grogginess, you know. And and I thought about Tua Tagovailoa. Don't ask me why. But I, I thought about Tua. And, and I thought about him against this Kansas City Chief defense. This Kansas City t- Chief team is just so fast 
And I know mm-hmm. Tua's come in. I know Tua's played all right. He played pretty good last week. But he, I don't think he's ever seen speed like he's going to see speed on the field with the Kansas City Chiefs. I, I don't think the kid has thrown that many turnovers, if he's thrown any turnovers yet or any interceptions yet this year. But I could almost see one happening against those Chiefs next week. Yeah, it's possible. Um, the, the Chiefs haven't been as explosive the last really three or four weeks. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not sure if they're missing uh, their pass rush or what's going on there. Uh, but they just haven't really gotten to the quarterback. They got a couple interceptions, which helps. But they hadn't had sacks. You know, they had no sacks against Denver. They got Brady once, had no sacks against Carr. Um, and then they had two uh, in the Carolina game and then no none against uh, the Jets. So you, you want sacks, you want turnovers. So you got to be careful there. Uh, but like you said, Tua, uh, he, he definitely hasn't. He hasn't looked great. He looked better last week, I thought, um, than he had earlier in, in the, the few games that he has played. Uh, but I'm just not sure I, I want to go with the Chiefs if I'm paying up in that range. I'd probably rather try to get to the Saints uh, to see if maybe it's it's just the, the play calling there in Philadelphia and maybe not necessarily uh, the play of Carson Wentz. So that's definitely something you can look into. Uh, I, I do like the Coats now that they're healthy as well. Um, you saw them, what they did with Deshaun Watson. They got 12 points um, against, against him. Now you're looking at Derek Carr. Um, they still got Buckner healthy, so that's another play that you can look at as well. And then uh, the Seahawks, even down at 3K, um, they're starting to turn the corner a little bit um, at their price range also. Uh, going up against Sam Darnold, you can maybe see them uh, abuse the Jets a little bit. All right, let's go over to running back. Let's finish up this show here a little bit. Sure. we got to keep this. I don't know how long we're going right now. I don't, I don't know. But if we have a good conversation, that's okay here on the DFS Dreamers. Absolutely. All right, so. Let's look at Dalvin Cook. Starts us off at $9,400. He saw a lot of work last week. A lot, a lot, a lot of work last week. But you also have Christian McCaffrey coming back. But he's going against that Denver defense, who we always say is a pretty good defense. You know, that's still the Denver defense. And Mm -hmm. uh, can either one of those guys pay off that three times the value that we look for this week? Uh, Yes. (laughs) They both can. Uh, I I think that if – I think McCaffrey will – uh, he seems like he's ready to go. Uh, he's rearing to go. Uh, he's definitely uh, their main, their main guy. And he's back. You know, he came back after being out how long and put up 37 against the Chiefs defense that we were just talking about, who we feel are, are pretty fast and over the field. So um, I do like McCaffrey 9200. Uh, again, this guy was priced at 10k to start the season. Uh, so you're technically getting like an $800 discount from him uh, just because of the injury. If he's actually ready and he's back. Um, he's going against his father's old team that they haven't put him in the, the ring of honor there in Denver. So he's, he's mentioned that. So he may have a chip on his shoulder as well, um, returning to the field. So I think McCaffrey uh, could definitely pay it off. I actually don't like Dalvin, Dalvin Cook this week. Uh, I won't say I don't like him. Uh, he's good every week, but I really like the, the Tampa Bay run defense. Uh, so I think they can limit uh, Dalvin Cook quite a bit. Okay, Derrick Henry had an off week last week, and maybe because uh, of the, all the carries that he had the week before. You know, I don't know what it was, but he just had a bad week. The Titans had a bad week. Now, I will tell you what: the Cleveland Browns came to Tennessee and slapped slapped Tennessee Ooh. around a little bit. And Ooh. I wonder if that's not a pattern for Tennessee, just playing down to the opponents. I know they beat Indianapolis a couple of weeks ago. That that just seemed fluky to me. I couldn't believe how badly they beat. Uh, Indianapolis Colts two weeks ago, and then how badly they lost against the Browns last week. Uh, it's an up-and-down team, man. But Derrick Henry starts us off at 8,700, and we'll go all the way down to the guy you mentioned a couple of times, Aaron mm-hmm. Jones. Aaron Jones at 7,600 uh, this week. Who do you like out of that group? Oh, no, that's, it's, oh, it's just those two. <laughs> hey, that, 
Yes. Uh, yeah. Oh, I know what it was. That price point just seems so weird. Derrick Henry's at eighty-seven, and then mm-hmm. it drops almost nine thousand or nine hundred to Aaron Jones. Man, that's that's a big old difference there for a couple of running backs that seem to be, I say, equal value. Yeah, it's a really big big drop. Um, Aaron Jones actually brings you a little bit more uh, as he's more involved in the the passing game. Uh, Henry is definitely disappointing. I had him um, a ton uh, last week going up against the Browns. Uh, I thought he would kind of continue. It's usually Derrick Henry time. Once the, the weather starts to turn, you get into December, January, it turns into to Derrick Henry time. And uh, they got behind early in that game, and it really just kind of scripted him out, um, if we're being honest. I don't think <laughs> that's going to happen um, in Jacksonville. So I think he can go back to him. Uh, I like Aaron Jones as well. Uh, the tough part with Aaron Jones is you never know uh, when they're going to get down. Uh, in the in the goal line type of situations and you know Rodgers is running play actions and doing out routes to Devontae Adams or, or trying to get him his touchdowns and that's probably been the the most frustrating part about being an Aaron Jones fantasy owner um, is that Rodgers is kind of calling his own number uh, down there whereas you know Henry's at least going to get one or two opportunities uh, if they're down the goal line for the Titans so just keep that in mind with those two but yeah the Alabama product definitely uh, let me down last week. So hopefully he has a bounce back. I'm probably going to play him uh, just to kind of hedge off my coats. They're tight right now, uh, eight and four in the division. Uh, so if I play Henry and he goes nuts, then, hey, at least I have him. If I play him and he stinks, then it's probably meaning that my actual team's winning. Uh, so that's kind of a hedge life that I'm, I'm playing right now. Okay. All right. I can understand that. Speaking of actual team, sorry, I'm going to go on a rant. But <laughs> in Alabama, the Indiana Hoosiers knocked off Wisconsin in Wisconsin. They did not move up a spot in the college football playoff, beating the 16-ranked team. Iowa State moved up to number seven in the in the college football playoff, beating West Virginia, who's five and four. They've lost to Louisiana Lafayette and Oklahoma State. IU's only losses to Ohio State. They're ranked 12th compared to Iowa State's number seven. I'm not sure what that committee's doing. My rant's over, and I'm sorry. No, that's okay. I I I can let you get it out. And I'm being honest with you, I don't pay attention to football on Saturdays all that much. Uh, I will when it gets to the Final Four, but there's just no reason to this year, in my opinion, because we don't even know who's going to end up getting that far. And it'll just be the, the four that we think anyway. And if because Ohio State and Michigan's games gets canceled, that takes Ohio State out of the mix. It, I will I will be really upset then, okay, because it just shouldn't happen. We should throw Ohio State in there no matter what. Three out of the four teams have already been named, in my opinion, in my eyes, three out of the four. And I, we could go ahead and throw Notre Dame in there as the fourth one just for good television, okay? Just <laughs> <laughs> Notre Dame and Clemson are going to be there. I expect Clemson to, to win that rematch, and then they probably have a little trilogy um, in the college football playoffs. I'm, I'm a little torn on Ohio State. Uh, again, I'm an Indiana Hoosier fan. They beat us fair and square. Great game uh, from them, but that's the only team they've beaten. And if the committee is disrespecting Indiana, uh, not giving them the credit that they should be, then technically Ohio State's one big win that they've had all season shouldn't hold up out of those five wins because they beat no one outside of Indiana. So you got to give Indiana credit if you plan on getting Ohio State into that playoff. That's just my opinion. And I, I don't know that any of those defenses can stop Alabama, to be honest with you, though, sure. on offense. They're they just a machine right now on offense. I, I Every year, every year, Pierre, and I'm, I'm serious about this, that I've watched them, they seem to keep getting better on offense. And I, don't, I can't explain it. I, I just can't because yeah. they keep losing the talent. They keep losing the quarterbacks, uh, the wide receivers each year. You know, it's, uh, they just keep getting better. 
Um, just reload. That's the the bright side of having a great program, a great coach. You just you reload every year. How about great recruiter as well? I think that that's part of it. All right, let's look here. Let's start then at uh, that whole James James Robinson group all the way down to my guy. My guy, no, let's go all the way down to Josh Jacobs. Speaking of Alabama, let's go all the way down there. And right. my guy finally did it, though. David Montgomery, he jumped up a thousand points after two weeks of a 28 yeah. DraftKings points, 27 DraftKings points. And now he's going against sweet Houston as well. Mm-hmm. This is the I think that this one is kind of the land of the nose, though. Right. This is the land of the nose. So just tell me yes or no. Can these right. guys pay off their price point three times the value? James Robinson starting at seventy five hundred. Yes. Uh, Kamara at 7,100. No. Uh, Eckler against the Falcons at 7,000. Yes. Carson at uh, 6,900 against the Jets. No. Uh, let's say Gibson if he plays against no. the Niners. Oh, no. Elliott. No. Swift if he plays. If he plays, yes. Yes. Okay. Against the Green Bay Packers, whoever plays against the Green Bay Packers, David Mon- David Montgomery, sixty five hundred. Yeah, he can he can still get there at that price. Well, listen how excited you are, Mike uh, Davis at sixty four hundred against the Denver Broncos. Uh, no, oh, no, CMC. Yeah, CMC. Yeah, that's why it's landing those. Josh Jacobs if he plays. No. Okay. All right. That's that's good right there. So tell me, who would you rather have, uh, Montgomery or Eckler? Woo. Um. Uh, <laughs> probably Eckler. I okay. want to say Montgomery, but I can't. My my mouth won't physically let me say Montgomery over Eckler. So I okay. go Eckler against the the Falcons again. His 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 targets in the passing game. So he had sixteen, which I didn't think was sustainable. Uh, he came back and got nine. Uh, so his upside from the passing game, I think, is what makes me kind of put him above uh, Montgomery, who's more around the the four six target range and not the sixteen and nine. Yeah, I, I agree with you against the Falcons. That's going to be a pass happy day all day long. Carson, uh, who would you rather have, Eckler or Carson? Uh, I still go with, with Eckler. Carson's still kind of getting phased into the offense, I feel. Eckler or Robinson? Mm-hmm. Give me James Robinson. He's a machine, isn't he? They, he's he's, a machine. And he's, not, right, he's, not, he's never out. He's like always in the game script, regardless of how close they are. Yeah, he's exactly right. And the last one here, Robinson or Jones? I'm taking Henry out of the equation because he was just so up and down, and Jones is in that smash spot. I like Aaron Jones the most. Okay. All right. They're very good. Next one goes from your guy, Taylor, who ended up paying off last week because he caught a touchdown reception. Mm-hmm. Naheem Hines is the guy who ran it in. Right. <laughs> exactly the opposite last week. All the way down to Drake there. Tell me who you like best out of that group. Um, it's still Taylor. Um, and I kind of mentioned that before he went on the COVID list due to his girlfriend uh, getting tested positive. He, he seemed like in that Packers game uh, that they started leaning on him a little bit more. And I said that once he's back from COVID, I know Hines had the, the big game against the Titans when he was out, but Taylor may have seen that role and he got 13 carries. He got, you know, another three targets, 16 touches, uh, becoming more efficient, 91 yards. And yeah, he caught the touchdown pass, but I just feel like they're starting to lean on him more. He's starting to be more confident uh, behind that offensive line. So I think I like Taylor the most in this group at 5,800 against the Raiders. Uh- yeah, and, and it really looks like to me that all four of those guys are playable. Taylor, Gallman, Gaskins, and Drake. I think all four of those guys are playable uh, this week, if not every single week going forward, if they're priced in that price range. I agree, but I'm still never playing Kenyon Drake again. Well, I've, I, 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 he, does not, he, he doesn't even exist to me. Okay, I can't. 
can't. Uh, Latavius Murray got phased out last week. I think Kamara, they finally start feeding Kamara, making him a little bit happier. Uh, I don't know if he plays this week or not that well, Latavius Murray. Then you got like Tony Pollard, Devin Booker, who were Devontae Booker, who we're not going to play. Uh, David Johnson, though, he played well last week. I'm not sure if he can repeat that against Chicago. It just depends on the injury situation for that front line. David Johnson is missing that explosiveness, it feels like to me, Pierre. Yeah, but um, he, if you look at what Duke Johnson did compared to him, David Johnson needs a little credit uh, for how, how well he's run behind uh, that actual Texas offensive line, which really isn't great uh, whatsoever. But he, he's been productive uh, behind that line, whereas Duke Johnson, I think, had the one game against uh, the Lions. Other than that, he wasn't even productive at all. So give David Johnson a little credit. Obviously, he doesn't have that burst uh, that we saw there in Arizona, but he's, he's still been productive. Um, even as he's been banged up. So I give him credit for just being able to do what he has done behind that Texans offensive Sure, line. but for our, for our purposes here at DraftKings, he hasn't had a 15-point game, yeah. I guess, since, what, week four or something like that? Not even then. So I don't I don't know that he can reach that 15-point threshold that we like. Tell me some people, though, that you see down here that you think could. Could a Melvin Gordon, could a Naheem Hines pay off that price point? Um, they could. I don't think Himes will just because of the, the Taylor situation. Obviously, the game script's going to kind of depend on that. If the, the Colts get behind, uh, then you'll see more Naeem Hines, uh, whereas their ahead is probably going to be the Taylor show. Um, I do like Melvin Gordon. Uh, he showed some life uh, against the Chiefs, uh, 15 attempts, 131 yards. Uh, you look uh, two weeks before that against the Dolphins, he had 15 attempts with two touchdowns for 19 points. Uh, so he definitely have the upside. You know, Carolina struggled. Um, against the run all season, uh, 28th ranked defense against the run. He is splitting with, with Lindsey, which isn't optimal at all, um, but I don't mind him for sure. I'm at 5,200. If Swift's out, uh, you can go to Old Man all day, Adrian Peterson, uh, back-to-back 17-point weeks um, against the, the Texans and the Bears. Again, we talked about the, the Packers and, and how they kind of struggled against the run. A matter of fact, David Johnson's last 15-point game himself was against the Packers. So uh, you can look at Adrian Peterson there at 5K if uh, DeAndre Swift's out as well. Okay, and I got another guy here who I just absolutely love. If, it, yeah, well, like you said, if Swift is, I guess, I guess uh, you just mentioned him. If Swift is, out, I'm sorry, I got a text message, and somebody okay. text messaged me. Listen to this. Hey, here in Alabama. It's 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 actually Bobby, Bobby, my guy, you know, in our fit fit family, who's I think in first place or tied for second place. I think John Frisella ended up taking the taking the reins this week. By yeah. he he started taking it real seriously. I don't know what kind of connections he has. Okay, but he took the Washington football team. He took somebody else. I was so close, man. I was so Ooh. close on 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 the Falcons. I know I wanted to play the Jets. I don't know if I played the Jets or not, but I was so close on some of those. Jets. Oh, Pierre. Yeah, I, I kind of fallen back. I was in the lead for the longest time, and I I fell back. But great, great run by John. I mean, he had some great picks this week. I gave him props on the Twitter machine myself just to congratulate him on the the guts that it took. Uh, they take Washington as well as some others. So bravo. We still got some weeks left, though. Uh, so I still got a chance to catch him. But, yeah, he definitely got hot this past week. But Bobby loves to uh, – I, I want to say play. He wanted to, He loves to play the weather, okay? He, he's, a, he's a weatherman. He likes to look at models and different things like that. And he's always been my weatherman from a bread person standpoint for like eight years or something like that. Wow. I, I don't, I don't forever, forever. As long as I've known him and I found his passion for the weather and uh, he's, he's, you know, remember, remember that big old, um, 
freezing stuff that came through, I don't know, five, six, seven years ago or something. It came through Indianapolis even. And I mean, it was just bitterly cold, tremendously cold. Oh, yeah. I remember that. Don't remind me the polar vortex. What they Yes. Were <laughs> yes. The polar vortex. Listen, I'm telling you the truth here. I'm not exaggerating. I know I can exaggerate. I'm going to try to get the facts right as, as much as I can. And Bobby could probably tell you the truth. <laughs> I'll just tell you, I'll tell you Wes's version, which I'm trying to tell you the right thing. I just don't remember things. Uh, he told me at least 30 days in advance. Okay, 30 days in advance, he said it is going to get really cold at the end of December, the first part of January, whenever that vortex was. He he said it's going to get really, really cold that time of year, and it's going to be snow. It's going to be unlike we've ever seen. And I said, Bobby, come on, man. He said it's going to be negative 20 degrees in Nashville. And I said, it's not going to be negative 20 degrees. And I'll be if it wasn't negative 20 degrees in Nashville. The girls got stuck in Illinois because they went to Illinois for some reason that year. And they and my wife, who is just a daredevil, she's like, I'm going to drive home this week. I said, you ain't driving home. I said, you're going to get stuck in Indianapolis. All the roads are closed in Indianapolis, you know. And and so she did. She stayed pace. uh, She she stayed there. But Bobby told me about that 30 days in advance. So he has always been my weatherman from a bread standpoint. I don't blame it. That's amazing. If he has any more tips, let me know because I need to prepare for that type of weather next time. Well, he says this weekend here in Alabama that this weekend's rain could turn into a decent amount of snow if the European model is right. About a 20 or 30 percent chance for snow. (laughs) Good to know. He always does that. That's for me. That's for me. That may not be for you. If you'd like to follow him at Foster Family, if you've got uh, any questions about the weather in your area. But you mentioned Adrian Peterson. And yes, if if Swift does not play there, I love what Adrian Adrian Peterson is doing. And he has nobody to uh, um, take any targets or any shares away from him at all in Detroit right now. Yeah, not really at all whatsoever. Um, They got Carrion Johnson there, but um, he, he really hasn't up. taken much uh, away from him at all, especially like with Peterson getting all the goal line work. Uh, that's what you really like and enjoy. I know Carryon Johnson gets some of the, the passing down work, but you want the guy on the goal line, and it's hard to stop Peterson when he gets going. No, and he had 17 DraftKings points, I think, the last two weeks. Did you mention yeah. McKissick, by the way? I did not. I did not. Um, and- definitely uh, interesting. Uh, I think Gibson's probably going to be out for a bit. You look at that turf toe injury. Uh, on average, you're usually out about a month uh, when it comes to turpo, turf toe. So he could be done, uh, obviously, for the, the season potentially. And then maybe, uh, depending on what their playoff situation is, he can come back on the playoffs. So McKissick's definitely someone uh, to keep an eye on and keep an eye out for. Cause I, I really don't see Gibson getting back. So both McKissick and Peyton Barber, uh, if you want to take a shot on him, could be in play, uh, depending on that uh, Gibson injury. I actually really love uh, – Todd Gurley this week. Uh, I don't. I know it's tough, uh, but he's forty eight hundred. Todd Gurley is forty eight hundred, um, and I know the coach. You know, coach speaks, so take it what you will. But Raheem Morris uh, said that he he wants Gurley to have a larger role um, against the Chargers this week. He only got eight carries back to back outings against the Saints, uh, so they expect him to get more involved. Again, forty eight hundred is a really good price tag for for Gurley, who who's capable of having big games still. You know, he's had games earlier in the year uh, where he put up twenty plus. Uh, you're looking for about fifteen from him, uh, which he's been able to do about four or five times this year. Uh, so I don't, I really like Gurley for his price range at forty eight hundred this week. Yeah, and you know, the eight attempts is just kind of a insult if you ask me for somebody who may not be hurt. 
right? And I know we saw him on the sidelines a little bit, but that that's just that's almost an insult to Todd Gurley just to give him eight attempts. And I and late in the game, I really got upset at Todd Gurley, and I, I realized it wasn't his fault. But he bounced up some kind of play that was supposed. They were on like the ten yard line. He bounced it outside, and he just kept running backwards. They ended up on the <laughs> twenty yard line. It was like third and goal or something like that. Third and third and nine or something. And yeah. he had. Boy, that just that completely blew it for me. <laughs> Todd Gurley did not know about the fit picks, or else he would not have done that. What about what about Ty Johnson? If Frank Gore is still banged up, which I, I would imagine he's going to be. And by the way, w- with the way Ty Johnson came in and ran the ball, with the way who who's that other running back that they had that came in there and ran the ball too? Josh Adams, Josh Adams. Yeah. With the way they came in and ran the ball, what are they doing? putting Frank Gore back there. I mean, I understand giving Frank Gore the first series of every game to pay him respect. Okay. But if they're really serious about winning any kind of ball games, what are they doing? Not putting Ty Johnson back there. And I thought this for a long time because I knew uh, what Jamal Adams was, was, was able to do and capable of doing as far as running the ball. What I I just don't understand. Do you think that Ty Johnson could do that again this week? Yeah. Yeah. I don't think he's good at all. I remember him in Detroit. He's, yeah. he's pretty bad. Uh, I think it helped that to be going against the Raiders. Uh, obviously, the, the Raiders defense really struggles um, against the run. Uh, you even look like that's why we mentioned the, the Colts guys with Taylor and Hines because the Raiders are like the 27th ranked defense against the run. So it just kind of helped to have that situation, I feel, whereas that's not the case against uh, the Seattle Seahawks. They're pretty good against the run. Uh, they more struggle against the pass. So, no, I'm not. I'm not playing Ty Johnson or Josh Adams this week. Yeah, I don't see any of these players. A lot of these big names down here at the bottom of these tiers, Pierre, just don't produce. And there's a reason why they're down here, according to those algorithms of DraftKings. I look at a Leonard Fournette. I look at a Le'Veon Bell. And I'm just not sure I'm prepared to take flyers on any of these guys. Yeah, there's not many. I, I would take on either if there, if there was one or two. I'd go Phillip Lindsay uh, for one. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's still got 14 carries in that Chiefs game. Uh, should have a better go of it um, against the, the Carolina Panthers. I know he's a little banged up with his knee himself, uh, but he's definitely capable at 4300 of paying off that price tag uh, just based off the volume. Uh, and the other situation I kind of mentioned was uh, Peyton Barber. Again, you want to see what happens with Antonio Gibson, but they tend to like McKissick more as the, the passing down back. So you could see Peyton Barber uh, getting the goal line and early down work um, at 4400 He could He could pay it off. Um, as well as he can sneak into the end zone a couple times there for for Washington. Uh, but him and, and Lindsey are probably the two uh, down this range you can take shots on if you get down here. I don't think you need to get down uh, any lower than Gurley myself. Though. When I looked at Lindsey, something struck me, and I, I know we got to wrap this up here, but mm-hmm. something struck me so much because he had the 14 attempts, and I knew he had a lot of attempts last week because I always look at the box scores of the games, right? Uh-huh. And then I looked at his DK points, and he had two DraftKings points, 2.6 DraftKings points. And I went, what in the world happened? And he, he didn't have a single target. He had a, a 1.9 rushing average, only 26 total yards, but one target, no catches at all. And I went, wow, that separates the men from the boys, doesn't it, on DraftKings as far as running backs goes? It's, it's targets. It's targets, it's catches, it's those kind of things that really put you in a different kind of tier when it comes to those DraftKings points. It does because you're getting full point uh, PPR um, out of your running back situations there, whereas on like a fan duel, you're only getting half point and it's more touchdown dependent. But those catches can can add up, um, especially in the, the running back position. If you have those those guys like your Austin Ecklers that we mentioned earlier and Christian McCaffrey when he's healthy, those guys that can add points 
um, in the passing game. In addition to all the carries that they're getting, uh, that's where you're going to get the, the bang for your buck. And I, so after I did that, I went up to Boston Scott. I'm like, oh, Boston Scott, you know, little little receiving back out of Philadelphia. He had point nine DraftKings points last week. <laughs> so <laughs> I thought, and when I tuned into the game, he had he had broke off like a 15 yard run or something, and then he ended up with point nine DraftKings points. Anyway, Pierre, build me a lineup, sir. All right, let's see which way I want to go. I want a lot of these running backs. I'm not sure if I'll be able to get them in, but I want them all. Okay, so we're starting at running back? Yeah, I'm going to start a running back before I go into the stack. I want to see how much money I have left trying to jam in these running backs. So bear with me. Uh, let me start with Henry okay. um, against Jacksonville. Expect a, a bounce back game from him um, at 8,700. I'm going to get McCaffrey in here as well. Uh, I feel like he's the, the best DraftKings play every week when he's healthy. Uh, he's at 9,200, so I'm, I'm starting off big uh, with salary, and I'm going to keep going big. Go, me, go down to the flex and give me Aaron Jones at, at 7,600 here. So I'm paying up uh, for running back a ton. I'm going to save some salary. Um, for one, at defense, uh, I like the, the defense save salaries, but give me a tight end. I'm going to go with Cole Komet. Uh, I feel like he's the, the tight end one there uh, with the Bears now, uh, 2,900. He's going to help me save some salary. Um, I also mentioned a, a guy at receiver that I like at minimum salary in the situation. Uh, that's going to be A.J. Green. Um, again, pay attention to the news with, with T. Higgins. If he's rolled out for his hamstring, uh, there's already no Alden Tate, so it should be a lot of Tyler Boyd and a lot of A.J. Green. So give me A.J. Green to save some salary there um, at 3K. Um, I'm going to probably need a stack. Uh, I already have uh, a Titan um, to run back with from Henry. I know we mentioned this, but Mike Glennon uh, seems to be playing pretty well, looking for three-time salary there at 5,100. I feel like he can definitely uh, pay off that price range and allow me to pay up for these running backs that I really like, and I'm going to pair him uh, with Colin Johnson. You mentioned him. Uh, definitely been a rapport bit with those two so far. So 3,600 uh, for Colin Johnson. That leaves me about 4,900. So for, for defense, I'm going to go down. I'm going to stick uh, with the Giants. Uh, I really like the way they've been playing on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, 2,600 going up against a, a banged-up Kyler Murray. Uh, you're going to have Bradbury taking away Hopkins, I hope. Uh, so that leaves me receiver at 7,300. Um, I know we talked about the, the guy I like mostly in this range, uh, which was A.J. Brown. I already have Henry. Uh, so I probably won't go there. So give me Michael Thomas uh, against the Eagles. Uh, again, Darius Slay's been getting torched uh, by top receivers. I can see that being the case as well. So I'll pay up here for Michael Thomas. So I got a, a Mike Glennon, Colin Johnson stack to save some salary, running that stack back with Derrick Henry in the Titans backfield. Got Christian McCaffrey, Aaron Jones, and then my receivers. Uh, I got uh, A.J. Green, Michael Thomas with Coke at tight end and the Giants defense. Woo. Yeah, I'm going to have to go in the lab to try and rebuild that one if I'm going to try to rebuild it at all, because I can't believe you stuck all three of those running backs in there. <laughs> I mean, they're the three out of the top five, four running back prices. I like the running backs this week, and we'll see. Again, news could come out. That could obviously change. Uh, I like Gurley as well, so maybe I'll go off one of them and get down to Gurley. But right now, uh, first look, I want to play all three of those guys in the matchups after him. Yeah, and I, I, A.J. Green, that thing jumps out at me like a – like like terrible things, but you like those wide receivers with the uh, uh, two letters for the first name. So that's <laughs> look, it's the Cowboys' worst secondary I feel in in football. Oh, I hear and you. you have the opportunity with the injuries to that Bengals uh, receiving core. 
Very good job, Pierre. You can find Pierre and you can tell him how crazy it is for he is for putting A.J. Green in there now, or you can tell him how brilliant it is to put all three wide receivers in there, plus a Michael Thomas, by the way. All or all, all three running backs plus a Michael Thomas in there. That's a that's a very unique, interesting I don't know how long it would have taken me to get to that point. All right. Very good job, Pierre. You can find him on Twitter at Peewee31 on Twitter. You can find me, Wes Easley, at Loafing It. Don't forget to follow all the different people on the Fantasy Impact Today Network over the FI, FI Today with a little underscore on Twitter right underneath the bio there. You can find everybody. Head over to Anchor FM. Make sure you subscribe to the show. Slap those stars around. Leave a review. Leave a comment. But more importantly than all those other actions, we want to encourage you to find a way to go out into the world and make a positive impact in somebody's life today. <laughs>